everybody! Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. And we're the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's right. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. This is the 110th episode. 110. That's right. 110. 110. 110. We, we, we did it. We made it to 110. That's right. The end. The end. I like how we make that joke every every three or four episodes. One day, one day it will be real. Anyway, we've got a, we got a pretty good episode lined up for today. Uh, Seth, what have you been recently playing? Uh, recently, I've been playing Diablo, which was originally released in 1997 done by uh, blizzard and i have actually been playing the re-released version by good old games which they released in partnership with blizzard back in 2019 so they do have a mode that's uh capable with a wider screen compatible they also have like the standard diablo graphics mode and you also can play the hellfire mode which gives you widescreen capability along with the hellfire expansion which was a expansion pack that was created by the community which blizzard says is not the canon or should not be released but they did help gog release it because of the outcry of fans wanting to play it as part of the game i'm playing a warrior i decided to call clemens i don't know why i decided to call him clemens but i just i just felt like clemens was a good warrior's name does he look like a clemens i mean he looks like the diablo fighter since they all they they're only their standard you can play as a warrior, a rogue, or a mage. And if you play the Hellfire expansion, you can play as a monk. I am not playing the Hellfire expansion. I'm playing the standard Diablo game because that's what I was in the mood to play. And uh, I am almost cleared out the first level, which means I'm moving on to the second level, which means I am possibly getting close to fighting the Butcher. And that's where my story will probably end because the Butcher is scary <laughs> and says fresh meat and then kills you. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, it is exciting. We have yet to do an episode on Diablo. Well, but Zach revealed in our top 10 episode that he had not really played a lot of Diablo, and that's a shame. We're going to wait till Zach plays a little bit of Diablo, and then we'll do a Diablo episode, but not before, because Zach will be confused. I've been confused before. We've talked about games that I haven't played before. I do have one memory of Diablo, I'll be oh, honest. Is it the Butcher? No. One of the times I was going to play Diablo, we were over a family friend's house, or I was over a family friend's house. I think I was staying the night or waiting for mom to pick me up, and I logged on to their computer, and I was like, they have Diablo. Diablo on this computer. I'm going to play Diablo. So I, I booted it up and then the friend's mom came in and said, no, 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 go to bed. That game would have given you some nightmares if you played it late at night as a child. Even just like the intro of the town, talking to Deckard Kane, and then going down. And I remember watching some family friends play and they went to fight the butcher. Terrifying. Because the butcher is like this massive demon. And mind you, the butcher is like the first boss. Like he's not even like that far into the game. And he's like this big massive demon. And he just says, ah, fresh meat. And then he chases you. And he moves really fast. He's kind of like Goro, except he's not a centaur. It's just like an overly sized big dude. And he moves very, very quick. Like, faster than he should. But there are various strategies to defeating the Butcher. And perhaps we'll talk about them when 
we get to the Diablo episode, which is in the future, but not the immediate future. No, not like this episode. No, not like this episode or the next. So, Zach, what have you uh, been playing recently? Seth, recently I've been playing Prey, the 2017 game developed by Arcane Studios and published by Bethesda Softworks. Now, I have previously talked about playing Prey almost two years ago, I think, because I played Prey on my PS4 back when I owned a copy. Uh, However, I now have a copy on my PC, so I decided I was going to revisit Prey because I never actually finished it when I played it on the ps4 i have now finished prey i can say that i enjoyed it i can say that the twist at the end i kind of called but i think there's multiple endings so i want to replay it right now i'm playing new game plus which is uh allows you to like play through with some uh, abilities and stuff that you've learned already unlocked which is a nice little feature for clearing your way through the early part of the game quickly prey is a pretty fun game for those who are not familiar with prey it is a kind of remake reboot of a previous game called prey back in 2006 there was a game called prey that was developed by human head studios and under contract by 3d realms it was a fairly successful game and there was going to be a plan for prey 2 however the rights to the game passed to bethesda softworks who then released an entirely new game called prey which doesn't really have much to do with anything from the first game so now uh, we have 2017's prey which is a game where you are uh, a character who's trapped aboard a space station and there are these things called typhons that have been released and the typhons are kind of gooey looking monsters there's things called mimics which take the form of objects or there's things called phantoms which look like people and they mumble to themselves and then there's a couple other types that you encounter your goal is to not get killed by the typhons and to either destroy the space station or not destroy the space station it's got kind of a bioshock feel to it i think where there's kind of this balance between combat and also having different abilities and stuff that you can learn uh, very much inspired by games like system shock bioshock and such i would consider it more of like a shock game than maybe the original prey was which wasn't much like a shock game at all yeah i would agree with that it's very much like bethesda arcane studios take on a bioshock which i don't think is a a bad thing i think it it kind of fits the niche of uh if you liked system shock and don't want to wait for the new system shock which is due out sometime eventually then you can certainly play prey and get some of that um, niche filled at least temporarily and back in 2017 it would have been even more appropriate since the new system shock is still not out and prey is now i'm just doing some quick math here five years old well will be five years old this year one thing i like about prey though is the graphics the game for the character models have kind of an almost animated style to them not necessarily Mm. cell shaded but like the characters just look almost cartoony in a not necessarily a bad way i don't really know how to put it yeah it's like heroic almost like the characters in it they're not um they're not like realistic they're kind of like heroic in their appearances yes yeah yeah but yeah you can check out prey it's available on uh i got it on the epic games store for free because they sometimes give you free games you can probably find it on epic games store not for free right now but you can probably find it not super expensive save on steam it's probably on sale because the winter sale summer sale spring sale yeah it usually goes on sale pretty regularly yeah it's at that like five year mark where you could probably pick it up for like 10 bucks any given day of the week yes exactly or 20, I guess. I don't know. It's It MSRP'd at 60, but it's not, you probably can't 
I don't think you can get it for, well, I guess if you try, you can get it for MSRP, but anyway. Speaking of expensive things, today we're going to be talking about something that was very expensive on release, uh, because today we're going to be talking about a game system, which was made by a company that we have not really talked about too much, so we're going to talk a little bit about that company as well. And that company is SNK, that game system is the Neo Geo. To avoid any future confusion, the Neo Geo is also an arcade system that the game console was based on but we'll get to that later <laughs> seth um mm. are you familiar with neo geo do you have any memories of neo geo it's from the time period when we would have been playing video games yeah so i'm more familiar with snk and the neo geo arcade systems versus the home console versions as that's where i would have encountered them one of the games that comes to mind when i think of snk is metal slug and the series of metal oh, slug yeah. games and i think we may have an episode specifically about metal slug coming up in the near future so I'm, I'm familiar with those, but beyond emulation, I don't think I've actually ever played a actual Neo Geo console or a Neo Geo Pocket, which is the handheld. They had Neo Geo Pocket and they had Neo Geo. Um, the console. And I don't think I've ever played any of those physically. I have played Neo Geo and Neo Geo Pocket games through emulation. However, yeah, so I've not played that. Though I did encounter Neo Geo arcade systems, which are really specific Neo Geo devices. I have actually played a Neo Geo Pocket Color. I actually owned one for a few years um, before I downsized uh, portion of my collection and sold it. One of the reasons I sold it was because at the time I could never really find games for it and I don't really like buying games on eBay unless I really find a deal that I like so I wasn't like after hunting for specific games and the only game I had for it was an RPG game uh, where you played as a mech and it was entirely in Japanese so I didn't really get much enjoyment out of it <laughs> but I, uh, I eventually did sell it but it was a nice little console and sometimes I wish I didn't sell it but right now it's not one of those times I wished. In terms of the actual Neo Geo console, I've barely seen those in person, let alone played one. I've seen the cartridges a bit more frequently. Uh, the cartridges do very much stand out, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, to get into SNK and Neo Geo, the SNK Corporation was founded in 1973 under the name Shin Nihon Kikaku, and later reorganized in 1978 as Shin Nihon Kikaku Corporation by by Ikichi Kawasaki, who's the founder. The name Shin Nihon Kikaku roughly translates to New Japanese Project. Kawasaki, the founder, originally was interested in producing and designing software and hardware components for business clients. However, when he started the company in 1973 and later reorganized it in 78, something was kind of happening in the world of electronics, and that thing was arcades. So, really, he realized that there was a venture that they needed to tackle that was going to give them more money than developing software and hardware components for business clients, and that was CoinOp. So the company quickly shifted their interest to making CoinOp games. Really, they did this pretty much immediately so that they can get a jump into this growing industry. The first title that they released was Ozma Wars in 1979, which is a space shooter. It kind of looks a little bit like, almost like Galaga versus like like asteroids, which I think is interesting. It's in black and white, though. And then later, they released a game called Safari Rally in 1980, which is kind of like a, a maze game. These games are actually fairly derivative of other titles that were coming out at that time and other games in their respective genres. But it's worth noting them because not
not only are these their first arcade games, but they're the only arcade games that have the entire name of the company, Shin Nihon Kikaku, spelled out in the copyright notice. Soon after the release of Safari Rally, the company did rebrand to just the initials of SNK. Over the years, SNK had offices in both Japan and in Sunnyvale, California, and worked to release games not only in the arcades, but would also see many of their games ported to the home consoles of the 1980s. Titles such as Athena, Akara Warriors, Alpha Mission, Vanguard, and Zarzon all became popular games released on systems like the Atari 2600, the Apple II, and later on the NES. In 1983, the arcade market was devastated by the video game crash. Uh, Nintendo, one of the surviving companies after the crash, allowed SNK to become a third-party licensee for the Famicom in 1985. The success of their ports to the NES allowed them to open a second U.S. branch in Torrance, California. They also began to develop original software specifically designed for the NES. Two of these titles would be Baseball Stars, which was released in 1989, and Chrysalis, that would be released in 1990. Now, as the era of the 8-bit games came to a lull, and then the 16-bit games were starting to fight for superiority, SNK decided that instead of duking it out with Nintendo, Sega, and NEC and their Turbo Graphics, SNK was now going to refocus their efforts on coin-op. Now, they did also license some of their titles at this time, to Tiger Electronics for use in their handhelds. In the late 1980s, SNK had actually created the idea of a modular cabinet for arcade games. The idea was that instead of building an entirely new board and cabinet for each of their games, they were going to build one board and one cabinet and swap different cartridges for the games that they wanted to have on it. Which is not a unique idea because we had Laserdisc arcade games arcade cabinets out there where you would have a laser disc player and you just swap out the laser disc we had the evr race which was oh yes EVR, EVR technology but my thought is that they would want to use a cartridge because a cartridge wouldn't have a mechanical failure a cartridge is generally flash ram which generally doesn't move right the end of the hopefully. day, a cartridge hopefully doesn't move. <laughs> if it moves, there's a problem. It's a hardware technology that doesn't have any moving parts. They wouldn't need to maintain the cabinets. I think also, while the Laserdisc technology that was available out there was certainly innovative, it, it was fairly simple. So, uh, you know, if you put in a copy of uh, Space Ace versus maybe Dragon's Lair, they're effectively the same exact game. That's true. They're movies that you watch where you time things at the right time for points. What SNK was doing, though, was they were creating entirely different arcade games that could be swapped on a board. So right. their games would be vastly different from each other with each cartridge. Not only was it modular in the sense that they didn't have to build something for every single game they wanted to make, but it was also modular in the sense that they could just um, build out one board and swap out these cartridges as you would a home console. And which would actually make it easier on the passive arcade cabinet user. We 
talked about this in a previous episode. There are two types of kind of like where arcade cabinets can be found in the wild. They can be found in the street, which is just at a various location. <laughs> no, you they're know. just found on the ground. <laughs> yes, on the ground, in the street. They could be at grocery stores. They could be in movie theaters, um, roller rinks. And they can also be at arcades where they would be primarily filled with all these other arcade games. An arcade would probably have the staff. So arcade games would get stale. They would need to replace them. There were some that had like the box where you could just change out the header, but you would have to change out the PCB board as well in order to get the machine to play the new game, which is not necessarily something that someone who owns a movie theater cares to do. They're going to just own it and put it there. They're not going to go in there and change the head, you know, do all that changing around where with Neo Geo creating this multi-video system, you could just change the cartridge out, which would probably be more accessible and easier to do. Now, this system that they developed was called the Neo Geo MVS, short for multi-video system. And with the new focus that they had on coin-op technology in the 1990s, they were finally able to debut this system. And the MVS actually found uh, great success on its launch, uh, largely due to the fact that it would minimize floor space for cabinets, and each cartridge only cost an arcade around $500 in 1990s money, which which in 2021, roughly, would be about $1,030. This also meant that, as Seth was mentioning, an arcade that owned a, a Neo Geo MVS could just swap out the cartridges whenever they wanted. So instead of buying, like, 40 different cabinets, you could buy 40 different cartridges and A, save a ton of money, but more importantly, B, save a ton of floor space because you can just store the cartridges you're not using in, like, a closet, and every week or so, so you just go out and swap the cartridges when you want to. As the MVS became a moneymaker, SNK had the very important question in their head. How do we take this, put it in people's homes so we can make money from those people? And they also wanted to do this without having to make CPU or memory performance compromises that home consoles were often forced to make when porting arcade games, especially companies like Nintendo or Sega or NEC in the Turbo Graphics. So in 1990, SNK created their first home console, the Neo Geo AES or Advanced Entertainment System. Initially, the AES was only a available for use in hotels or to be rented. But soon, SNK began selling the system through stores. The A the AES was, by many accounts, considered a powerhouse of a console. Not only was it pricey, debuting at $599, which was equivalent to $1,235 in today's money, and within a few months was increased to $649, which equates to $1,338 in today's money, each game cost $200, which is about $412 in today's money. That's like buying a low to mid-tier gaming computer and then, like, I don't know, upgrading the, a low-tier graphics card every time you wanted to play a new game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. $400 a game, and we're complaining about $70 MSRP. The, the Neo Geo AES commanded a premium. Now, the machine commanded this premium because the machine ran on a Motorola 68000 
8000 CPU with a Zilog Z80 coprocessor, and it had a 214 kilobyte of SRAM and could display a maximum 4096 colors and 380 sprites on screen. Each cartridge was also massive. Each game cartridge was seven and a half by five and a quarter inches, making them about the size of a VHS tape. Yeah. So when you got these games, you got you got some you got some games. And the controllers for the Neo Geo were equally accurate to their arcade equivalent, with a joystick and four convex face buttons. Later, in 1994, SNK released the Neo Geo CD. This machine was much less expensive, selling at about 399 USD or 725 dollars in today's money. With each game ranging in price from 49 to 79 dollars per title, 89 dollars to 143 dollars in today's money. The CD component allowed games to be able to be played at higher audio quality. As well, you could use your standard music CDs in your Neo Geo CD and play them on your setup that you had for your Neo Geo. The controllers on the Neo Geo CD looked a bit more like your standard joy pads with an analog thumbstick and four face buttons. Now, on the AES, there were a number of games. A lot of fighting games, a few RPG games, not a ton, a handful of platformer games. So in total, there were only about 118 games released on the AES. On the Neo Geo CD, there were about 97 games. And on the uh, multi-video system, the, the actual arcade unit, there was about 149 games. And again, these games all range from a variety of developers and styles and genres. A couple of the really popular games that um, to this day still have iterations come out every now and then were games such as Art of Fighting and King of Fighters, both of which um, are a series of fighting games that kind of are along the same lines as Street Fighter, at least in terms of graphics and the combat style that you would find in those games, which makes a ton of sense because the King of Fighters was actually created by Takashi Nishiyama, the creator of Street Fighter. So after he created Street Fighter, he left Capcom and went on to work for SNK and created the King of Fighters. Another game that Nishiyama actually worked on was called Fatal Fury, which was another incredibly popular Neo Geo game. And Fatal Fury would actually cross over with the King of Fighters in Art of Fighting. So in Art of Fighting, you can play as Fatal Fury characters or King of Fighter characters. I honestly think that a lot of the AES games, because they were obviously also like many of them are arcade games that just came over to the home console through the AES. All really well done games. Like SNK knows how to make a game. Another popular fighting game was King of the Monsters. This was a creature-based fighting game, and there's King of the Monsters 1 and King of the Monsters 2. And the creatures in this game were, they weren't exactly based directly on characters from Godzilla, uh, but they are certainly inspired by characters from Godzilla and uh, things like Ultraman. So they're heavily inspired by the kaiju and tokusatsu films of Japan. Now, a game that's not a fighting game, uh, though not, well, not fighting in the traditional sense, is actually one of my favorite games, period. And I'm kind of disappointed I didn't put this down in my top 10 retro games list but this is uh windjammers for the neo geo windjammers is a sports game and it's actually kind of more like pong than it is like other types of sports so in windjammers you have two characters on each side of the screen and they toss back and forth a frisbee but they're tossing frisbees like crazy this is like they're doing special moves like one guy hurls the frisbee and it does like a fireball spin as it like slams the other character into the into the wall and it's a quick paced fast sports game i love 
love Windjammers. I can play Windjammers all day and never get bored. Windjammers, by the way, will have a sequel that's due out this month, supposedly, January 20th, 2022. I'm very excited. It's being released by .emu. I'm so excited for it. Uh, though, another game that was really popular on the Neo Geo, and you can still get today in various, uh, various adaptations of it are available, is one that has a long legacy, and one that we are not going to talk about for too long right now, because we're going to talk about that very, very soon. And that game is Metal Slug. Don't worry, we'll talk about Metal Slug. It's just going to get its own episode. Now, there's some great titles on the Neo Geo, as we've talked about. The question, though, is, Seth, how did it do? Well, didn't do great. In March of 1997, the Neo Geo and the Neo Geo CD had sold a combined 980,000 units worldwide, and it's estimated that out of those 980,000 units, 570,000 of those were just Neo Geo CD units. So the Neo Geo AES and the Neo Geo CD did gain kind of a cult following, though, with a large number of arcade enthusiasts praising the quality of the games both in the arcades and on the home consoles, since the AES was really well-designed to port the arcades to the home console. SNK did take a hit, however, and in 2000, they were acquired by the Japanese company Aruz, who would use SNK's license to sell pachinko machines. The company closed their American offices in June of 2000 and sold off their rights of two distribution of the MVS machines. Many employees at SNK in Japan left their jobs and went to go to Capcom, who was SNK's main competitor during the King of Fighter days. Now they're the main employer of SNK employees. <laughs> because they didn't want to make pachinko machines. I don't blame them. Some went on to become the founders of Dimps, which is a company that would make a pretty bad Sonic game. <laughs> it's true. 2001, SNK filed for bankruptcy. Later, the company had its intellectual property rights purchased by Playmore, founded by one of the original founders of SNK, Aikichi Kawasaki. Kawasaki would go on to rehire former SNK employees, and he sued Aruj for copyright infringement as Aruj continued to use SNK IPs for pachinko machines, <laughs> even though Playmore had acquired the license back. A court ruled in favor of the SNK Playmore and awarded them $44,980,374 in 2004. In 2015, the Chinese video game holding company Leilu Technology Holdings and Limited purchased Kawasaki's 81.25% stake in SNK Playmore for $63.5 million. And in 2016, SNK dropped Playmore from their name. In 2019, the SNK character, Terry Bogard, who appears in Fatal Fury and King of Fighters, would actually join the roster of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And most recently, in November of 2020, the Misk Foundation, M-I-S-K, run by Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, acquired 33.3% share of SNK, and the deal closed in March of 2021. I think it's interesting that SNK somehow declared bankruptcy, but it's also now SNK. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. They got out of it by being acquired and, and changing their name, and then changing their name back. For all those years, SNK continued to release various games in their franchises, with Metal Slug 7 being released in 2008 and the king of fighters 14 being released in 2016 so while they're getting bought sold and declaring bankruptcy 
some sort of SNK iteration was releasing video games at that moment in time. Yeah. Which which is great. I will also say there was something else that happened at one point during SNK's history was that in 2012, they released like a modern version of the Neo Geo AES called the Neo Geo X, which was supposed to be like oh, a, yeah. it's like a plug and play emulation system. So this was released in December of 2012 and had its price dropped almost immediately immediately and then snk said no 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 more and in 2013 they announced manufacturing was going to end and they pulled their relationship with the company that made it the neo geo x is interesting it looks like an actual neo geo aes but when you open it um there's a handheld inside and the handheld just docks into the neo geo aes um you're literally just playing games off the handheld and the handheld um apparently runs the games incredibly poorly and also though i'm not sure how recent this is um there is a new cabinet you can buy called the mvsx different than the neo geo x uh which does have 50 neo geo games built in which i think is actually pretty impressive considering there's only about 100 neo geo games released you got like half the library right there you're probably pretty good this is like a uh like a it looks like a tabletop arcade cabinet this isn't like a console yeah it's like uh like one of those arcade one-ups type deal and you can actually you can either buy the just the tabletop or you can buy it with the stand so that you can actually stand it up and have it stand by itself as like a cabinet and you can also get a uh, a snk branded stool for a hundred dollars nice and this uh mvsx retails for 449.99 for just the base model a hundred dollars for the stand and five hundred dollars for both right and six hundred dollars if you want a stool I mean, who doesn't and for the price of perhaps two neo geo games back in 1990 you can own 50 of them if you're looking for more information on the neo geo mvsx linus tech tips did an unboxing of it in october of 2020 and they do a really good job at breaking down everything on the system so check out that so with that it's time for the bawoopa should i go first yeah why not seth go first all right let's see if you can top this one picture this in your head you've been invited to a religious summer camp and when you arrive, it's not what you expected. Suddenly, a nun hits you with a hammer. That happens. And you wake up inside an abandoned school, and you have to figure out how to get out. But you're not alone. Okay. Are you excited to learn I, I more? I am. I am. The game is called Evil Nun, The Broken Mask. And we'll, uh, we'll take a short break while Zach uh, does some looking up. So uh, the Evil Nun, The Broken Mask, is going to be developed by Glowstick Entertainment and published by Kepalarians and also published by Glowstick. And it is due out last year. So who knows if it's coming out. But it's coming soon still. It's coming soon still. I'm going to put this down as a pass. I'm sorry, Seth. It's a pass for me. Yeah, I don't know. I like horror games. However, this doesn't look like a very good horror game to me. Uh, This looks like a horror game that might be just a bunch of jump scares and not really actually that good. I, I might be wrong. I'll certainly keep an eye out for reviews and such. But uh, right now, I'm going to say no to the evil nun, the broken mask, but I hope whoever buys it truly enjoys it. I think you'll have a different opinion of it come spooky season. Oh no, are you going to buy it for me? I don't know, maybe. Oh no. 
Anyway, Seth, are you ready for your game? I am. So this game is supposedly due out this year, not last year. In this game, you have to take on the challenge of academia. You are not just taking on the challenge of academia in a in a traditional sense, but you're also taking on the challenge of academia in a broader sense, a, a sense that might not be uh, one that you necessarily think of when you think about the challenges of school. So uh, yes, you know, the challenges of school do consist of homework and, and you know, getting to class on time, but this is a much, a much 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 broader sense this is uh this is challenges in in all shapes and sizes that you would face when it comes to the challenges of school are you interested sure this is two point campus we're going to take a quick break while seth does some research all right so we're back so two point campus is done by as zach mentioned two point studios which are the same people who did two point hospital two point hospital is a is a take on a theme hospital type management game uh though it has very silly things which i think theme hospital is my recollection is correct theme hospital is kind of silly but like people come in in two point hospital they come in with like the case of the elvis the patient will come in and they're dressed like elvis and they act like elvis and they need to be cured of being elvis yeah yeah, yeah. i like that so they get or they get like a big head or like they're they get weird things that they have to go through weird medical devices so two point campus takes that type of zany management style game and puts it on a university where you'll be able to have their crazy zany style but running a university instead of a hospital which i'm i'm all for i i like management games uh i like the two point games i think they're all fun and uh they're really enjoyable time i'll put this down as a buy so i will be buying this game when it comes out since uh, i'm very excited about building a campus that's uh silly like two-point hospital oh that's exciting look at that we have a pass and a buy that's right well that is our episode on snk and the neo geo we are certainly going to revisit snk and the neo geo very soon because we're going to be talking about some games from the uh, neo geo we also might someday talk about the pocket um, which we didn't really talk about in this episode but there was a there was a handheld system the pocket and the pocket color but for now we're going to say goodbye neo geo because we are now saying goodbye if you want to uh reach out to us though if you have any questions comments or concerns about the podcast or about today's episode you can email us at classic gaming brothers at gmail.com you can also reach out to us via our social media our facebook and instagram our classic gaming brothers our twitter is cg brothers pod we're also available on twitch classic gaming brothers and uh you can of course reach us on our website classicgamingbrothers.com and you can visit our contact page and reach out to us that way as well uh, we're available on major podcasting applications out there so be sure to listen to us like us comment subscribe ring bells do all those things so let people know that you love the classic gaming brothers seth Am I forgetting anything? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Seth. And I've been Zach. And we've been the Classic Gaming Brothers. That's That's right. That's right.